You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Friday edition. There was a, a furious week. It was a ton of action all week long, and players continually are being signed and cut and traded and re- released and uh, there's rumors out there and still a lot of big name players to have yet to sign with NFL teams. Wide receiver is the slowest developing market, I think. So we'll talk about maybe some of that. Uh, who's making moves? Who is not? Which teams we like? We've talked about a ton of teams already this week. I think the Bears, Bengals, um, there's uh, the Browns we should talk about a little bit today. But before we get into the signings, into any of that, by the way, I'm Brian Peacock with Matt Williamson at BD Peacock on Twitter at Williamson NFL. Give us a follow on Twitter. Get ready for that mailbag on Tuesday, which should be a lot of fun. And by the way, to tease for next week, Matt Williamson's post first wave free agency power rankings are on the way too, right, Matt? Yeah, I just started digging into that for Pro Football Network. Um, I think that will be a fun topic. There'll probably be Monday, could be Tuesday. Uh, just depends how busy the weekend is, if we can get to it or not. So I'm going to be fiddling with those over the weekend. A lot of movement. I mean, you got to kind of some of these teams that haven't done much are going to drop a little bit. And we know that the free agency can be a bit of a marathon. Some of these smart teams, Indianapolis comes to mind. I'm sure they're going to get a lot of really nice deals, but haven't done much now. So I'm just going off of what where everyone stands right this minute. I like it. Uh, it's a fun conversation when you talk about winners and losers. And sometimes winners and losers in March are not the same winners and losers from September. So maybe the smart teams are waiting for those bargains here in wave two of free agency. Uh, big news though around the NFL. And this is this is what drives the whole engine. This is the this is the the thing behind the whole league, why it's so powerful and it's the money and it's those TV contracts. And there is a brand new deal, NFL media deals with multiple networks worth ten billion dollars per year, Matt, according to the Associated Press. That is over three hundred million dollars per team just from media deals. So obviously Low cap this year, that deal goes into effect in 2023. That cap's going to jump back up in 2022, 2023. And so some of these long-term deals where you see a player that make a lot of money in 2023, 2024, those those contracts aren't going to look quite as as massive once we get there, right? So next offseason is going to be wild with the teams having a lot more money. Right, 100% true. Not unexpected, and I'm not an, econ- an economist or a finance major, uh, on the surface, those sound like massive numbers. I mean, I, they obviously are massive numbers, but um, I think that probably exceeded expectations of the general public, including myself, that this thing's surviving. I mean, fans in the stands are are nice, but it's not even that big of a piece of the pie for them. How insane is that, though? So $300 million per team per year, that's $100 million more than the salary cap is going to be. In a couple of years, right? Yeah, just in itself, right? The salary cap will probably I mean, climb back toward two hundred million, but you know, maybe at the end of this uh, deal, that you know, the the salary cap will be closer to what they're getting just from media. That's not ticket sales. That's not beer sales, merchandise. Jerseys, just right, TV right. is a hundred million dollars per year more than what the salary cap is. Right, and yeah, these teams do have some other expenses. They have to pay their oh, yeah. the people that clean the buildings and the non football people, and yes, but. I don't think that accounts for a hundred million dollars worth of expenses. And, and like you said, you didn't even you know account of the other things. Right, you know, every it, beer sold. You've been in buildings 
how many how many employees does an NFL team have? Would you say if you had to just guess? Well, I'm tied in with the Steelers, and I bet they have the fewest. <laughs> you know, they're just such a an old school family run organization. Like, there's funny stories that are actually true from like the the Super Bowl '70s teams all the way through the '90s of the salary cap guy would also tape ankles and line the field. You know I mean? Like (laughs) there's still some of that mentality here. The Browns were the opposite and it was hard to get a bead on because I've told you this before. I mean, I worked for the Browns for 365 days and every time, every time I came back from the road, there was a new phone list on my desk because somebody got fired or quit or changed jobs. You know, like it was just a constant circus and that wasn't just football people. So so I'm guessing here, you know, I mean, just football people, front office, coaches, medical, field, I mean, probably a hundred, something like that. You know, I mean, uh, you think about all the different phases that is the team and then maybe another 50. I should know this better than I do for ticket sales, merchandise people, you know, like one of my bosses directly basically with the Steelers runs their their video or, or their uh, digital content, you know, so that whole section and they, they film people and, you know, so I don't know, 150, 200. And it's growing like crazy. The analytics right. side of things, the media yeah. and internet side of things and all the different, you know, teams essentially have their own TV and radio stations in-house, right? And in journalist teams uh, and in social media teams. And then you talk about on game day, that swells with how many people it takes to run a stadium. So um, and yeah, some of the, point, a right. lot of the stadium stuff is outsourced as well. But I mean, it's it's insane how many people one NFL team employs. Right. It kind of isn't, though. I mean... What is the NFL average team worth? I mean, I don't know, but it's a huge, huge number, right? Well, other companies that are worth the same, whether it's a computer company or a law firm, or not a law firm, I mean, a big, giant, conglomerate, corporate, they have more employees than two or 300. Yeah, that's so that, I guess when you compare it to how, much money these teams make versus other companies that make that much money and are worth that much money. Right. There's far fewer employees in the NFL because the product is the 53 players on the field. It's not, it doesn't take an army of people to produce whatever product some of these other companies do. So that from right. that, I, that makes total sense. Yeah. Or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. And it's just, there, there's an entire campus of people there. Uh, by the way, what is an NFL team worth? 2.275 billion is the number that David Tepper paid for the Carolina Panthers. And they are not the most, um, valuable franchise in the NFL. And I, it's only been, what, two or three years? And I promise you, if he put the Panthers up for sale, it would be more than that he would get back in his pocket. I mean, Absolutely. I, I talk about that a lot. That's how you know if the league is doing well. What are the 32 franchises worth? doesn't matter about anything else. I can't imagine what some of the, the powerhouse franchises in the league would Dallas. sell. Like, what would the Cowboys sell for right now? Right, New England, Dallas, you know what I mean? Right. Anyway, uh, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell says that the 17-game season is on the docket for their March 30 and 31st virtual meeting. And according to Albert Breer, spoiler, it's happening. 17 games. It's happening. Um, my, my problem with it was I was hoping we'd get two buys and 17 games. But the player safety is a little bit of a myth, unfortunately. And 
I also wonder how many preseason games will end up with. I'm I'm guessing two. Two. Uh, they need some preseason, but they don't need it. Yeah. So two preseason games, two buys in 17 weeks. I think that'd be perfect. If either if you either start the season earlier or have the Super Bowl later, because it doesn't. I mean, what's what's it matter if you have the Super Bowl in mid February instead of the first week, right? It's always gonna be a warm weather place or a dome anyway. Right. Absolutely. Let's see here. Okay, uh, next we're going to get into some of the latest signings. Will Fuller has a home. Some of the top wide receivers, though, still looking and still meeting with various teams, which I find somewhat interesting. What the heck are the Bears doing? I think we like a little bit more what uh, a team like the Browns are doing. Bengals also involved with those wide receivers and some other players. So we'll get into all of that coming up here on Peacock and Williamson. You want in on the action? Well, you can get some at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. I know the NFL season is over, but you can still bet on what's going to happen in the NFL draft. Picks one, two, three. First wide receiver off the board. First uh, offensive lineman off the board. College football futures for next season. NFL Super Bowl winner for next season. NHL NBA in full swing, Major League Baseball uh, just about to get going. And, of course, one of the best things when it comes to sports betting every single year is, and I'm so glad we're having it this year, March Madness. Bet Online even has awards, TV shows, and reality TV you can bet on. Table games, poker, blackjack, real-time, updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I want to get to wide receivers, Matt, but one market that has moved quickly in the last couple of days, the centers and the second tier, third tier centers here right after Corey Lindsley, who signed early on in the process, going from Green Bay to the Los Angeles Chargers. Lindsley got five years, $62 million, a lot of one-year deals here for some of the other centers around the league. Ted Karras got one for four years in New England. David Andrews looked like he was leaving New England, but he's actually back now on a four-year contract. I don't see what the dollar amount is there with David Andrews, but he's a leader in that locker room, and New England was able to hold on to him when it looked like he might have been on his way out. Nick Martin to Las Vegas, Tyler Larson to Washington, Matt Skura to Miami, and Alex Mack on his way, his third time around with Kyle Shanahan, this time in San Francisco. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up just because I think free agency is interesting in that Lindsley stands alone. I mean, he's the best center of the group. Max kind of his own animal, too. He's got the Shanahan connection. He's got Pro Bowls. He's got, you know, a, a, an extensive career already, and he's older than a lot of these other guys. But that's such an, a neat position for me in that, Unless you're New England and you have more money you know what to do with, you're not going to pay two of them. There's really only 32 starting jobs in the league at that spot. And I don't think it's an accident that five of them signed in a 24-hour period. Like, those musical chairs get filled up quick. That's exactly what we see. You see one player go in a position, and then they all follow suit. And some of the deals are very similar, too. So um, that's that market drying up. Quickly now, and, and that's where the centers are landing so far this offseason. Uh, one player I want to talk about that now is 
Oh, is Kyle Fuller? Oh, no, that's the center version of Kyle Fuller. I didn't realize there was a center named Kyle Fuller. I was like, wait a second, Seattle for Kyle mm. Fuller? That's That must be a new development. Uh, but Kyle Fuller is the player I want to talk about. Cornerback from the Chicago Bears. And I'm having a hard time figuring out what the Chicago Bears are doing for a GM and a head coach that I think are on the hot seat coming into this season. They are not making themselves better. I feel like they will be dropping in your power rankings next week. Uh, maybe you can give me a clue uh, with that. But... Um, our colleague Lauren Cox, who talked about the Bears with us here on the podcast last last week, the host of Locked On Bears, said on Twitter, the Bears move so far. Cut Bobby Massey. Cut Kyle Fuller. Atreem, Akeem Hicks wants out. Trade maybe cut. I don't know what's going on there. They signed Andy Dalton. They signed Angelo Blackson. Franchise tag Allen Robinson. Uh, re-signed a few depth players. Basically, he said a lot of yikes so far this offseason for the Chicago Bears. And I got to agree with him. I, I don't know what they're doing. They're not making a run at the Super Bowl with the moves I've seen so far. No, I mean, it, I, I think they're in really bad shape. I mean, I don't know that they upgraded a quarterback, but I know they didn't upgrade to at least league average starting quarterback. He's not going to make everyone better around them. He needs to be a, a piece of the puzzle. I don't know how happy Allen Robinson is. I know he signed his, his tenure, but that doesn't mean much, you know, I mean, and then there's some of these teams, like we kind of talked about this with the Raiders yesterday, like, boy, they had a great offensive line and then they tear it down in like three days. Well, the bears had a great defense, but it will be, will it still be great if Fuller and Hicks aren't back, you know, like it still will mm -hmm. be good, but it's not going to carry the team. You're not going to win 13, 10 games every week with, without a stud defense. So man, I mean, it's early. But don't they look like a top five pick type of team to you? They they got worse on defense, which is what was supposed to carry the team, and they didn't yeah. improve the quarterback position. So uh, I could see why some players on defense, like Hakeem Hicks, would say, "Yeah, this isn't really what I was hoping would happen here," and, and I'm I'm ready to go. Allen Robinson is different because I'm sure he would want out, but he also sees what's going on with the wide receiver market and is probably thinking, "Hey, you know what?" That $18 million this year is probably okay. I can still right. do what I do like I always do and bet on myself and, and go make more money next offseason anyway. So I think that's why he probably signed that free agent tender, and that makes sense for his career. But, you know, who's the maybe Andy Dalton's mark, you know, slightly better than what they were getting from Mitch Trubisky, but they needed a, a big move at quarterback to really put that team over the top, and they're going in the wrong direction. And I can't imagine people are super excited. And it's not to crap on Andy Dalton. He's had a really nice career, but that's not the player that you plug in and say, here we go, let's go make this run, right? Right, right. And I guess we have to mention, to their credit, reports are they put out a very serious offer for Russell Wilson. Three firsts, a second, a third, yeah. two starters, something like that. Again, some of those reports I don't always trust are 100% accurate, but... I mean, that was probably their plan. They swung for the fences and missed. But in the meantime, you're right about Robinson. I mean, if I was his agent, I would say, shut up and play for $18 million and go hit free agency next year and make a fortune when the salary cap blows up, you know? He's still a relatively young guy. He came into the league so yeah. young. What was, he was a redshirt sophomore, I think, coming out of Penn State. So, yeah, he'll get paid. So I don't feel so bad for Allen Robinson and – Look, Andy Dalton's not the worst quarterback he's played with. He hasn't had a great group of quarterbacks in his career. Right. So I have to imagine when he does hit free agency next year, he's probably going to try to go catch passes from uh, whoever, Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or someone like that because uh, he deserves that. And that would be fun to watch. It's not much different than every other year of his career. And he's a pretty wealthy guy. Oh, yeah. And he's doing okay for himself and still yeah. putting up numbers there. Um, 
I, I do like that they went after Russell Wilson and they went for it. And the report I saw was at the North Dakota State Pro Day was where things really got serious and they put this offer down and Pete Carroll, and they considered it. They slept on it, actually. The Seahawks didn't just say no. They slept on it. And Schneider, it sounds like, was maybe more interested than Pete Carroll. And Pete Carroll, at 70 years old, after sleeping on it, said, no, I'm too old. I don't want to rebuild right now. And maybe it has more to do with the Bears picking at 20th and not having a clear path to go getting themselves a replacement quarterback. Maybe if a different team made that huge offer, maybe we could still see some movement with Russell Wilson. But um, unfortunately for the Bears, that's not happening. But what I don't get is how do you go from plan A of Russell Wilson and then Pete Carroll says no, and then the next day you're like, okay, plan B, let's go, Andy Dalton. Like that's Yeah, a, Dalton that's and Foles. Okay, here we go. <laughs> that is a you chasm. Know, like, that's a pretty drastic change. So anyway, Chicago Bears, a little bit of a head scratcher yeah. there. Uh, so we mentioned Allen Robinson, and he's got the biggest deal this offseason for wide receivers from a, a yearly average perspective. No Juju signing yet, no Kenny Galladay signing yet. And it sounds like the market isn't really huge for those players. And, and I've heard rumors that Galladay might even have to sign a, a one-year contract himself because he's not seeing the long-term deals he wants out there. He's uh, There's Bengals in on it. Uh, we're now hearing that the Ravens have called about Kenny Galladay. The New York Giants were in on it, I think, for, for a time. Uh, Washington might have been in on it before they signed Curtis Samuel. But right now, it's still Corey Davis who signed on the first day of free agency for $12.5 million per year. Three years, $37.5 million. That's still the biggest contract given out to a wide receiver this offseason. Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. And you can, you know, mix Juju in there, obviously. Um, you know, Washington, the Jets, and Dolphins all made a move at, at the receiver position or probably are done. They had money to spend and a need. And yeah, there's some there's still some landing spots. Baltimore certainly comes to mind. I really think they need to add a veteran. But I've been kind of telling people, I'm not bashing the guy, but Juju's got some warts. You know, I mean, he doesn't get off brand coverage real well. He's really a slot. Um, Galladay has injury issues. And um, is he, I, 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 this is going to sound wrong, but is, is he kind of out for himself? You know, like I'm not exactly getting a, a warm, fuzzy feeling. The teams are psyched to add his personality to the group. Uh, they both scream one-year contracts to me, don't you think, at this point? Which is probably the case for almost every free agent still out there. I think, yeah, the big money, I think, might have been spent already. So, you mm-hmm. know, take a one-year deal, get the most you can, and try to get back at it next year. Although, for teams, one-year deals for big money might be dif- more difficult than doing a long-term deal that's more backloaded and get that that 2021 salary cap number down. So, I don't know. Maybe, I can still see things going either direction. But, yeah, the Ravens for either Juju or... Galladay makes some sense. I like that. Uh, one of the teams for Galladay that's making a tough push, and apparently Joe Burrow's trying hard, uh, is is the Bengals. What do you see from the Bengals so far this offseason? And maybe they just go out there and try to outscore people after losing uh, A.J. Green to the Arizona Cardinals. Bring in Galladay, draft Kyle Pitts, and, and go to town. Score 50 because your defense is going to stink either way. Yeah, it probably will. And... They've done a couple things that are okay, and they brought in Riley Reef today. I mean, I think that's noteworthy just because everyone screams offensive line is their biggest need, and I'm not sure Riley Reef's going to be the next Anthony Munoz or anything, but um, at least they finally made a offensive line move. They got a starter. They cut Hart, the right tackle, who they never should have signed a year or two ago, and Geno Atkins. So Geno Atkins and A.J. Green are really – two of the best Bengals that have ever put on that that uniform, to be honest with you. And they're both gone in the same off season. There is clearly a changing of the guard in Cincinnati and it's all built around Burrow. 
which I have no problem with whatsoever. I hope the protection continues to roll in for him, though. Yeah, you got to protect him. He already got hurt last year. He got hit way too much last year. They made him throw way too much last year. So um, as fun as it might be to see them try to stack up offensive players, yeah, defense mm-hmm. and offensive line is probably the smart way to go for Cincinnati. So we'll see if they yeah. do more work there, and maybe that'll just have to wait until the draft or maybe some second, third wave free agents. Next, I want to talk about the Cleveland Browns and some other signings in the NFL. College basketball isn't the only tournament happening this month. Maybe more importantly, the Built Bar Madness. Yes, there is a bracket. We're into the Sweet 16 already for the number one Built Bar flavor. Some really key peanut butter family versus coconut family matchups. I am team peanut butter all the way. The Sweet 16 that you can vote on today at BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter to vote for churro puff or cookies and cream and keep voting for the entire bracket as we roll through the Sweet 16 and into the championship April 2nd. And don't forget to chomp on a few Built Bars along the way. A low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber snack that tastes amazing and are all covered with 100% real chocolate. Go to BuiltBar.com, vote on the matchups, and remember to use promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 at BuiltBar.com. Save 20% on your next box of Built Bars. Oh, real quick, Matt, one wide receiver that we neglected to speak about was Will Fuller going from the Houston Texans to the Miami Dolphins. Here's a one-year contract again. One year, $10.6 million. Uh, I love it. Will Fuller to Miami. Give uh, give two of some weapons if that's the guy you're going to build around. Yeah, uh, I, I do too. I, I think Will Fuller is a very good football player. He's not just a Ted Ginn, you know, deep ball or bust guy. I mean, he's a legit weapon no matter what, if he can stay healthy, of course. Um, That offense not only needed weapons from last season, what they played with, but needed speed. They weren't a very fast offense overall skill-wise. I wonder, I mean, this is really, could Deshaun Watson have helped that situation? You know, like, could Deshaun be throwing to Fuller again? Is that the move to say, hey, Deshaun, I would right. like to keep we throwing to Will Fuller over here and, and play with a, a good coach and, and a team that's on its way up. Now, that's uh, Miami still makes the most sense for Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson has some other stuff going on now, too, which is like, uh, I don't even know what to think about the, the latest things going on with Deshaun Watson. It just makes me feel like it's even less likely that he's going to be moved, and it's just more convoluted situation for him now. But as far as Will Fuller to Miami, absolutely, they needed that. They need the skill position, guys. Um, Question here for you, Matt. Do you think a one-year deal for Will Fuller is telling for what they're planning to do in the draft? That Maybe that number three pick is definitely not going toward a wide receiver, might be going toward Penny Sewell or, or some other position? I'm glad you mentioned that because that was the, my first thought, was a lot of people, including myself, have mocked Jamar Chase there. I think they won't make that pick. Maybe Houston makes that pick. Maybe Carolina makes that pick. Or... Maybe they go for Sewell or somebody like that. But my hunch is I bet that Miami feels pretty confident that they will get out of the number three hole and probably get a ransom for it. And also, do you think it means that they might not be, because I had them trading up in my mock. I had them going Sewell at three and I had them trading up from 18 to go get Jalen Waddell. Do you think maybe they got the speed now because they know they're looking for a different type of wide receiver in the draft? Could be. 
Or, you know, and this isn't exactly what you said, they might just love Penne Sewell and know they're getting him at three. Yes, and know that's going to be the pick, and that's pretty well right. locked in and say, okay, uh, the draft can start at four because we already kind of know what the two teams in front of us are doing, and we've honed in on our guy. Yeah, it could be. I mean, he's a rare talent, and that line was not good last year. And I don't think Miami's done anything up front in free agency either, right? Uh, they lost their center, and they brought in a center, which was like an even swap. And that's about it, yeah. yeah, yeah they I mean, lost they, Kyle Van Oy. They need to. They added Will Fuller. Lost Fitzpatrick. They've been actually not very busy at all. Jacoby Brissett, the backup quarterback, who could back up anybody. So I don't think that has anything, any bearing on any of those moves. Uh, Matt Skura. They brought in there. So, yeah, they haven't done a lot in the offensive line. I, I really think this is gearing up to be Penny Sewell for them at three. No, you might be right. The more I think about it, that they just love the kid, know he's going to be there. He's my Ogden, you know, boom. And maybe even play him at right tackle for your lefty quarterbacks, Tua. I have some late-breaking news. Yeah, all right, let's do it. I need a sounder for this. Hold on, let me see if I can find something <laughs> to, uh, to make some sound here. I don't know. Ooh, I don't know what that sound lucky. was, but that's our breaking hey, news sounder. I like it. I like it. The Texans signed Cole Turner, tackle, formerly Woo! of the Chargers, to a one-year deal. Woohoo! That's what the fifteenth free agent that Houston has signed that isn't good. They're all one-year deals too. It's unbelievable to me. Like it, my phone blows up for the Texans more than anybody else, and half the time I don't even know who the player is. I will say, yesterday they I've made never heard of them. They made one move I like so far. One. Actually, I, I like Derek Rivers, too, on a one-year deal. Cheap. I don't Marcus know. Cannon's not terrible, either, because he can maybe play. You know. But Desmond King, the, the slot sort of nickel-type cornerback, I thought he might have had more of a market. The slot corner market's not really moving much, so he probably saw that he wasn't going to get a lot of money there. I think he can get a lot of playing time for Houston. I like Desmond King as a player, so that's not a terrible one. But again, it's a one-year, $3 million contract. This is a massive list of one-year contracts. I'm blown away by what I'm looking at when I see what they've done so far in free agency. I just don't understand the strategy. It's going to, you know, all these backups, they're just going to bring in, and all of a sudden your 53-man roster is going to be full, and Watson is your only star. I mean, he's your only good player. And he's not playing for you, so. And he's not playing for you, uh, right. I mean, you've got Tyrod Taylor playing quarterback in week one at this point. Right. I mean, uh, it's uh, – They've done a lot, but it's just there's no result. I mean, there's they're, they're they're no better for doing it. They've signed more players than any team in the league by a lot. It mm -hmm. looks like, and I assume they're all guys that were just happy to get a job. Wild, it's wild. I have no idea what's going on there. It's a lot easier to see what's happening in Cleveland. Can we talk about the Cleveland Browns? Yeah. I think that was one of the teams that you liked so far. What they've been doing when we were talking off the air. Yeah, I, I think their offense is set, especially. When you you know bring back Higgins and Odell returns, so we can pretty much just name their starters, including their backup tight end, their backup running back. You know, like they have some the guys that are going to see the field on offense are set. Um, the defense needs to be about you know the, or the offseason needs to be about the defense, and there's a couple things they still need. But they added a safety that I like, John Johnson, to, to go with Harrison, who's kind of a strong and last year's second round pick Delpit, who we didn't see. Um, and I think that makes you better at linebacker, too, because you'll play more big nickel. Harrison will walk down in the box and dime and those type of situations. And they really needed a second corner opposite Denzel Ward, who's a very good player. I mean, Ward and Garrett are the studs on that defense. 
And they, they signed a guy, Troy Hill, who I kind of like. I mean, I, he's, he's, he's experienced. He's a solid number two corner. And I'd love to bring this up when I mention Troy Hill, but my grandparents are from Troy Hill here in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I wonder if that's what he was named after. Uh, Troy, so Hill's, I was root for him, yeah. Troy Hill's been an underrated player. I've seen him a lot in the NFC West there with the Los Angeles Rams. He's actually pretty good. So two years, four and yeah. a half million per. I think he's a fantastic contract. Obviously, that's the two biggest signings they've made so far uh, in Cleveland was in the secondary with John Johnson and Troy Hill. And by the way, Rashard Higgins only getting one year, 2.3 million. That's a steal. I like cool. Rashard Higgins yeah. a lot. I mean, he's a really solid depth player when he's your third or fourth wide receiver. That means you got a pretty good wide receiver group. And I can't believe uh, how much more money Kendrick Bourne got than Rashard Higgins, because I think I, they're similar style players. I think I like Higgins a little more. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that were a real bargain in free agency and draft sets up well for Cleveland too. I mean, where they pick, That'll be quitty pay or some, you know, high impact, high upside pass rusher that won't get doubled very much. Now that the week is over, we're finishing up this Friday podcast, Matt. Do you have one big winner for the first week of free agency? I think New England's the easy one. And in some ways I've been hard on them, but I do think that they've done a really nice job. Uh, their rivals in the division, the Jets, have certainly done a nice job. I like that Fuller signing, sticking with the East. Hmm, I like what Washington's done. I, I mean, and just fiddling with my power ranks, pulling me a rough draft. I had them higher than I would have expected. You know, you had William Jackson and um, uh, what's his face, Samuel, the corner, and the upgrade at quarterback at least for right this minute. You know, I'm not. My power ranks aren't based or uh, building a team for the future. It's how good they are right now. Yeah. Uh, who helped themselves get into the playoffs the most? Might be Washington to be able to repeat there. And Fitzpatrick's not a long-term answer there, but he's better than what they had going at quarterback last year, mm -hmm. I think. And uh, I like Darby More aggressive. and Jackson at corner. It was important for them to get some cover guys. And Curtis Samuel is a nice weapon for their offense. So I, I think Washington would be up there. New England is easy because they signed so many players. But I don't know if right. I'm super fond of all of those contracts either. So that could go either direction. But they obviously made themselves better. And, yeah, you nailed the other one. I think the Jets. I think I might take Jets number one right now. Yeah, I, I like what they're building there. And I think we'll really like the Jets once – we see their draft roll in and maybe what they get for Darnold. Although I wonder if the Darnold market isn't as rich as we think. It's sounding like not at all. And right, right. if you go by the one anonymous coach that said he was trash, basically, then uh, yeah, maybe not. And the fact that teams are trying to sign Andy Dalton for one year, 10 million and not give up a, a day two pick for Sam Darnold is pretty telling. Yeah. And I guess, I guess the jets can be patient considering their cap. Take Darnold to camp, you know, make it look like a competition, pretend you still love him. And, you know, somebody, a quarterback gets hurt or Andy Dalton looks bad and you trade him then. Yeah. If you don't get a good pick, you like, you know, push the rookie. He's not expensive this year. Maybe he ends up playing a little bit and helping his value when you do want to trade him at the deadline or next year or something like that. So, um, and obviously the Jets doing well in free agency. I've really liked what Joe Douglas has done since he's shown up there and have a ton of draft capital to continue to make that roster better i absolutely love the direction the new york jets are going yeah it'll be fun to evaluate their roster the day after the draft concludes we might be like "Ooh, i really like where this team's going all right juju and galladay i'm still looking for them thought we might have had some news on them today they're still out there we'll find out where they end up 
Next week, we'll get into Matt Williamson's power rankings, get back more into some draft coverage. We have a ton of rankings that Matt has put out there for yep. NFL draft prospects. Just finished my position. corners today, so I've done everyone's top five. Corners are done. All right, we've got top five in every position. We're going to have to start rolling through those. Still have some draft ditties left as well. Should be tons of fun. Pro day news, pro too. Days are, are a lot of pro day times that I don't quite believe. Seen a lot of four right. twos and four threes yes. out there. Uh, there was a defensive lineman yesterday that ran four six and had a thirty nine inch vertical at two hundred and eighty five pounds and uh, Louisiana Tech kid yeah. yeah yeah I haven't watched him yet but he's like gee many Christmas um, I don't Georgia know. Corner runs a four two five and the other one runs a four three one you know <laughs> right and those guys are legit fast. we knew they yeah. were fast but right. some of these times that basically just you know add I don't know a tenth to every time and if it's still fast then you can feel pretty good that you got a fast player. Right. I mean, they're all fast. It's just four twos getting thrown around is a little, yeah. you know, raises an eyebrow. Yeah, getting thrown around a lot. It uh, <laughs> was um, Josh Imator Bene. He was a former USC recruit, ended up at Illinois, and he's got legit hops. I saw some workout videos of his 46 and a half inch vertical. Oh, I did see that too. And he's not a little fella either. Oh, There's no. A he's lot of big. weight to get off the ground. Yeah, yeah. 6'2, 200. 10, 220 pounds. Yeah, he's a monster. He can jump. He's not a great football player. A little tight, a little tightly wound. Hard to fake his vertical, though. Oh, he can leap. He can absolutely yeah, yeah. leap. Okay, good stuff. Pro day season, draft season, free agency right here. Peacock and Williamson.